1: We're in a state of confusion. Questions on your mind. Send in my and brandy. Gonna help you unwind. We're hanging out together, even though we're long. Pass it on over. Sorry, we're stoned.
0: Well, we officially have a podcast. I truly can't believe it. It's here. We
2: did it. I can't believe it either. And this is hilarious because we were actually on a chart today. <laughs> uh, if you knew how much I look at the charts on Noah, the charts on Molly, the charts on dad. And then today I'm like, oh, I'm number 87 on the chart.
0: I'm on a chart. Yeah, guys, uh, so the reason we ask you guys to go and rate and review is because that helps our podcast get higher on the chart so that more people see it. Um, so that's why we ask you guys to do that. So if you did write us a review and give us five stars, thank you guys so much. We're here, uh, it's episode two. I just can't believe it, honestly.
2: I can't either, I'm so excited. It's actually really fun. It is fun.
0: And I'm, honestly, I get to talk to you more than I talk to you normally, so this is great.
2: That's true. It's, it's good that it makes us catch up once a week. It sure does. What have you been doing, speaking of? Uh, oh, dealing. Just absolutely dealing. And working every day, really. Like, just so much stuff going on. And, you know, just, I think, figuring out how to do things that we can't do like we normally do these days because of COVID. And just, you know, really being busier than I've ever been. It's kind of crazy.
0: I have a theory because I was talking to somebody else uh, and we were both saying that somehow we're busier than we've ever been. And I almost feel like now that everyone's working from home, we're working all the time. Whereas like when you weren- aren't working from home, you have set work hours for the most part. But now that it's all happening from home, like you're always on the clock.
2: I know. And I feel like that's no matter what. Like can I, I really truly can't believe that there are mothers out there with three and four children that are having to homeschool and just be a parent and then try to have some sanity for themselves because you just cannot escape you know like it's a bit like for me who all my kids are gone and i'm an empty nester i do feel like now that i'm working from home it never stops like last night at seven o'clock i was still working you celebrated like i've never seen someone celebrate when noah finally moved out (laughs) no it's true even Molly, like Molly moved out like the day she turned 18. And I think they all think I'm going to cry and be so sad. I'm like, ah, party. <laughs> really
0: wants to throw a party. It's so concerning.
2: No, after five, it's a lot. Sounds like a lot.
0: Honestly, I feel that way with just my three dogs. I can't imagine how it is to have kids.
2: Yeah, it's insane. Sounds hard.
0: So guys, earlier today, it won't be today for you guys, but today for me, I tried to teach my mom how to do a swipe up on Instagram stories. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, like, I really thought you had it. I thought you had it in the bag. I was rooting for you. You seemed like you had it going. And then at the last minute, it didn't happen.
2: That's why I despise technology. Because I literally did every step you told me. I know. And it still would not copy the darn link. So, I mean, I don't know what to say. (laughs) So, I had to log into her Instagram account today and post the swipe up for you guys. It was insane.
0: No, you have to learn Instagram. I know,
2: I know, I know. I really need to. Otherwise, you are just as bad as dad with his Blackberry. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's insane. You can't- I know. I cannot believe this man saw of a Blackberry.
0: Okay, have you seen, have you guys seen the, I see it all the time on, I think, Hulu, when I'm watching Hulu, the progressive insurance commercial where the guy is like helping people not turn into their parents? Yes, it is hilarious. Like some guys like in the hardware store, like trying to tell somebody what to do. And they're like, uh, you don't know him.
2: (laughs) It's hilarious. I actually think your dad called me and told me I had to see that commercial. It's you guys. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so bad. So true. It really is. Honestly, though, I, lately, I got to confess something to you guys. I have been talking to myself a lot. Your dad told me that yesterday. He literally was like, I'm scared. He was like, I like have full on conversations with myself. And he goes, and then I am so happy that Tommy Jack is standing there staring at me. Like, thank God Tommy Jack is at least looking at me with some sort of something.
0: Yeah, I—that's my excuse—is I'm like, oh, I'm just talking to Astra, but I'm not. I'm talking to myself.
2: Yeah, he literally said I'm scared, and I was like, well, I'm sure I do it too. Oh my gosh, mom, my mother, she—you know how much she talks to herself.
0: Oh, and now I'm doing it. It's like scared. She has
2: done that since I was young. I know. Full conversations. Well, honey, I'm 33 and having them, so I'm scared. I'm scared too. Oh my god. From one of your electronics. I am d- doing a podcast. <laughs> oh, then I can't tell you. How, what? Oh, because I was just getting ready to tell Brandy, which you should be on here. I got tested. Noe and I both got tested for COVID two days ago, and I just got mine back, and it was negative. Okay, I got to call you back after my podcast. Okay, so great. Um, so, yes, so Noah had this rash. And I've read that honestly, like you can get a rash with COVID. And so you can have any symptom on the face of the earth and it could possibly be COVID. Well, that is true. But here in LA, you can get free testing and they are drop throughs. And so Noah took her car and I took my car and we followed each other to get tested. And I just got my results back and it's negative. So I haven't left the house in three months. I'm not shocked. Yes, that's true. But, yeah, you still get food delivered and all that, and you touch it, and it's just crazy, so. Well, congrats. Anyway. I'm excited. Noah hasn't gotten her results. It was all a ploy for her
0: to post that fire shot of her booty. It
2: was fire.
0: It was insane. She's like, look at my spider bite. But low-key, like, my ass looks great.
2: (laughs) she is hilarious she cracks me up she just did this thing for gq it was like a on for youtube where they ask her questions she is legit the funniest person ever we really do need to have her on one of these days oh seriously they literally ask her what wait what should someone get a noah cyrus fan for christmas and noah said a tissue for their issues <laughs> and that is so
0: good I was going to say a box of tissues, so it's <sighs> on brand. Yeah. Anyway.
2: Oh, by the way, your father <laughs> listened to our podcast last week. He lost his mind. He was like, mama, call me. You do not understand. This podcast is going to be number one. You and Br- like Brandy is so professional getting you guys in and out of segments. <laughs> and then he was like, you know what? I'll be happy to come on and like, you just use me. Let me tell stories. I'll get to do some music for it. And I'm like, ah, we're number 86 on the charts and VR's calling to book himself on the show. Now that we've charted the family's wanting in on it. Mm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, he literally could not stop raving about the podcast. Like, I have never heard him so excited about anything. Really? I feel like he's always my number one
0: fan and everybody else is not. That one. is
2: true. He's still. Yeah, he is, but this was a whole other level. You know what? He actually said that, and you know what? I'm so proud of Brand, and I had on her Frank and Daryl t-shirt yesterday. He literally said that. Really vintage at this point. It's completely vintage, but I'm, well, it's probably really cool. But anyway, he literally just said, I'm so glad you have your own thing. Mama, you have your own thing. (laughs) He was so cute. It was really, really sweet. We'll have him on one of these days. Absolutely.
0: I saw the cutest video, by the way. You know what? Okay. Can you explain something to me? The fans Mm -hmm. have videos of myself that I myself have never seen. Me as a child. Where do they get them? I have no clue this out like if you okay if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of these fans that post these videos of us as young children I need to know where you get them it blows my mind
2: are you talking about the one with you and Miley upstairs and you're doing a cheer and she and she, I was like I don't think I've ever seen that video ever seen it in my life where did it like that is
0: insane it's in our house uh, we're gonna post this on our Instagram so that you guys can see this video.
2: How old would you say that we are? Molly is little. Yeah. Do you think you look maybe like 11 or 12? Something like that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
0: I said Miley's six years younger than me, so. <laughs> so she's like six and you're like 12. It's crazy. But like, we're, yeah, we're literally doing like a cheer routine, which is so funny. I like, know, uh, but I literally have never seen that video. I just got to know. I, I need to know where they come from, you guys. You guys got to fill me in on the secret. We don't, we, we won't put you on blast on the podcast, but I need to know.
2: Yeah, I know. Me too. That room is upstairs, the upstairs playroom in Tennessee. The house we still have? Yes. So different. It's so crazy. The
0: gigantic TV in that video cracks me up. It's like in like its own bookcase. It's
2: so weird. I know. I remember that TV and I remember having to get it out too. I need to know where it came
0: from. But that happens a lot where like videos surface and I'm like, how do they get these? Uh, (laughs) I know. It's so crazy. Answers. Well, mother, now that we've had a podcast come
2: out. Mm-hmm. How are you feeling about our segments? Which one is your favorite, do you think? You know what? I probably like Dear MT the best, oh. but um, it's so funny because I feel like a lot of people that have hit me up to say that they love the podcast, they love the design. Um, Like they were like, can you please post where you got the piece for the front porch from Target? Could you post it on your Instagram? Mm-hmm. And so I think that could be a really good idea, as, you know, to maybe have an Instagram and we can post things like that after, after each of our podcasts. So people, you know, know where to buy things and things like that.
0: Yeah. I really like that too. In fact, I would really love it if you would come to Tennessee one of these days and help me with my house. I want to, I can't wait. Okay. Here's let's, let's talk design for a second. So we like calling this segment high design. Um, and is just so good at design stuff. Okay, so in my house, I posted a video on my birthday. My friend Kirsten brought me a latte. And I posted this video. And in the video, I was so embarrassed to post it because my television that's mounted on the wall has like literally 8,000 cables coming from it. And you can see them all. Mom, what
2: do I do with all of the cables? Okay, so first of all, that would make me literally lose my mind. And then if you have an up-to-date TV, you have to, if it's hanging on the wall, you can get apps for like Apple TV now. For the sake of argument here, what do I do with the cables if they have to stay put? Uh, Well, you need to work on that or you need to um, have the electrician come and put all the cables into the wall. I, you know what? I'm not that great with electronics as far as the computer and Instagram and all that stuff, but I am good at this stuff and I cannot deal with the cords. What's more simple than just getting rid of it Try.
0: Okay. I'll dry. Okay. 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 I see some cables in your background right now.
2: Look at them laying on the floor. That actually is to the treadmill <laughs> and it drives me freaking crazy. I usually end- unplug it and stuff it under the treadmill after each use, which actually isn't that often. <laughs> oh
0: gosh. Well, since Dear MT is your favorite segment, should we transition? Is it Tom? I don't know. I'm just so excited about it. Do you want to know why? Mhm yes, I do, because someone left us a voicemail. I think we got a few, but I picked my favorite
2: okay, great. Let's hear it.
0: Let me pull her on up. our first voicemail for dear mt This
3: is so cool. Hi, um my name is Teresa, and I have actually a question for Brandy and Tish, but the first one I'll do for Tish so. I just, I'm curious, what is it like to have all of your kids so talented? I know you kind of talked about that a little bit on the first episode, um, but is it hard to not have everyone all together all the time, or do you find that you do see your
2: kids a lot more than you thought you would when they all become pretty famous and have um, toured the world? Brandy, for you, why do you have
3: all of your siblings' horses on your farm? Are you the only sibling with a farm? Or how does that work? Just
0: wondering. Thank you guys so
2: much. Love you guys. Love Teresa. Teresa, that was such a good question. Great questions. Do you want to answer first? Yeah, answer first. So it is so crazy that all the kids are so talented and do their own things. But up until recently, honestly, until we were all quarantined, you know, I just see my kids so much. And actually, I feel like, you know, a lot of the parents that are getting ready to be empty nesters and they're, you know, really freaked out because their child is going to college on the other side of the country or far away. And the crazy thing about it is my kids actually never leave. <laughs> it's, it's pretty awesome. But I think because I do manage both Noah and Miley full time, you know, I just see them so much because we work together. And even though that we don't live together, like before quarantine, I saw them just about at least every other day. So yeah, I'm just, I get to see them so much because we do work with each other. And so that's kind of like really great that I get to see them more than most parents would when their kids like leave for college or, you know, move somewhere else for a job. So Brazen and Trace and Brandy are in Nashville, but when I'm there, Like we see each other every day as well. And so it's really, really cool to be um, a mom and an empty nester, but really get to be around my kids as much as I do. That's so cute.
0: All right, guys, we want to give a quick shout out to one of our favorite sponsors,
2: Nutrafol. Totally.
0: Plus, they are precision crafted plant based packs that are entirely food safe so they can be used with any of your cannabis products. Integra offers an array of sizes and relative humidity levels for storing flour, pre-rolls, gummies, blunt wraps and so much more.
2: For more information, check them out at www.integraboost.com or at Integra Herbal on Instagram. Use code SWS at checkout for 15% off of your next online purchase at www.integraboost.com.
0: sends like clean tangerine, lavender sage, which is my favorite. And they also have toasted coconut.
2: And the great thing is, is you can use Lumi all over your entire body. So when you travel, it's so much easier just to have one product.
0: Plus they also have deodorant wipes, which are super clutch, especially if you're on like the red eye or an overnight flight. And they also have body wash, which is really cute. And it comes in a mini travel size as well. Lumi offers a starter pack that's perfect for new customers. And as a special offer for our listeners, All new customers get 15% off Lumi products with our exclusive code, and if you combine the 15% off with the already discounted starter pack, that equals over 40% off their starter pack.
2: Use code STONED for 15% off your first purchase of LumiDeodorant.com. That's code STONED at L-U-M-E-D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T dot com.
0: Well, I love her question for me. This is a great question. Why the heck do I have everyone's horses?
2: <laughs> Seriously.
0: I'm not the only one with a farm, but my, and my farm's like mini, but it's so cool. So, okay. My parents have this really epic farm. It's like, what? Like 30 minutes from me? Yes. 30. 30. Uh, 30 minutes. And that's like the farm we grew up on and everything. And my dad still has like a bunch of horses that we've had since I was a kid. And he, Eeyore, how how long we had Eeyore? The donkey? Literally. Literally. We got Eeyore the same year Brazen was born. Insane. Insane. So we still have all those animals on his farm, but to tell you guys the truth, I'm really the only one that knows how to take care of all the animals. And that's why I have everybody's horses on my property. That is absolutely the truth. But honestly, I love having them all here. And I, literally today I pulled Melody out to just like give her a bath. Um, she's Miley's trail horse. And my horse Ever is so attached to her. They can never be separated again. I think Ever would literally have a heart attack. Like she lost her mind that I took Melody out of the pasture and not her. They love each other so much. Really? I can't. I mean, I have to keep Melody forever. She, Miley can't have her back.
2: That's so cute because Ever was kind of not like, didn't like
0: being around other horses. Oh, and she doesn't like any of the boys or the donkeys. She only wants to be with Melody, so. Ooh. (laughs) talker. Seriously. (laughs) Maybe they're lovers. I don't know. I don't know either. All right, you want to hear the second voicemail and see if you want to answer it? Yep.
2: Hi, I have a question for Tish. Um, You being a mom who raised her kids in a Christian household, but also a family that's very open about your sexuality and sex and all that. Um, I'm just curious, how did you talk to to your kids about sex? Like, how'd you raise them? But then also, do you wish you would have done it differently now? Just curious. Thanks. Love you guys. Bye. That is deep. (laughs) I mean, honestly, I was kind of crazy about it because... I did get pregnant and um, I was 19 and not married. And so, yeah, I was crazy about no sex, no sex, no sex. But I think your question is, is also how, how have I raised the kids? You might be too soon. I mean, seriously, I have so much to
0: say. You're insane. Honestly, none of us had a kid out of wedlock. So I feel like you should feel pretty good about that. Oh, that's true. That was your main goal, I feel. Okay, I, d- I gotta say. So, t- like I said before, sex was not an option. It was like no sex, not ever. I am actually so glad you did that because looking back on like some like some of the boyfriends I had when I was like in my early 20s that I could have slept with and didn't,
2: thank God I didn't. And thank goodness I put putting a stop to you making out on the trampoline or that could have led somewhere. <laughs>
0: Miley and I were telling her friends this story that were with us here on the farm. Oh, yeah. Um, you, I literally, my very first boyfriend, how old was I? 17, 16. Yeah. And I, we were, all we were doing is making out. I was laying on top of him, but all we were doing is making out, maybe some dry humping. And my mom and dad saw us looking, they were spying on us through a window and came out and screamed and made him leave and took my car
2: away yes it was insane i was not spying i just remember turning around and seeing this going on and i was like no running in slow motion to just dive on you to make it stop
0: meanwhile noah and her boyfriend went to greece with us and shared their own
2: hotel room true times have changed but here's the thing honestly and all joking aside i think for me I'm really happy that I raised the kids in a way that as a Christian, you know, I believe that Jesus is love. And I think that I just wanted my kids to know like what I hope for them or things that I didn't want them to do. But even though they may do it anyway, like I would still also want to know that if they did, they could come to me and, you know, be like, I'm either going to Or I did and I just wanted to have an open relationship where I could really that my girls could tell me or and my boys absolutely anything and know that there was no judgment and just love and I really do think that that is why Molly and you guys just can tell me everything and it's just like a conversation I I mean I still really value how I live as a person because I am a Christian but my kids still aren't afraid to talk about things to me that they would think I was thought was wrong. Hmm.
3: Does
2: that make sense? Totally. Okay. Yeah. But I,
0: I'm just thankful that you did drill that into my brain from a young age. And I don't know if I've ever, I don't think I've ever said this on a podcast or anywhere, but I didn't have sex until I was 26. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm just so glad because it the the breakups that I had prior to that, Would have been so much harder if I was having sex with those guys. Like they were hard enough the way they were. And like they would have been so much harder. But yeah,
2: I think that's just, I just love the relationship that we all have. Yeah, same. Cute. That was fun. I love these. You guys are good. I wish like people that we did interviews with, the press press people would ask interesting questions instead of the same dumb thing over and over and over. Yeah. So anyway, thank you guys. I love these questions. Love the voicemail. Love hearing their voices.
0: If you're listening to this and you're wondering, what's the voicemail? we have our very own sorry we're stoned phone number that you can call and you can leave a voice message asking us a question or you know uh, asking for like a topic or whatever it is but it's for our dear mt segment um but you can also ask me questions because i like answering questions too. but it's really like if you want to hear some wisdom from tish the dish call this number dear mt dear mt (laughs) and you get to hear your own voice on the voicemail If we play it, we're going to go through. We'll pick our favorites, and we'll play them. So here's the phone number. Write it down. Probably in your notes, not like handwriting, because who does that? 818-839-0534. Call us. Leave us a message. Ask us a question. Tish the Dish will answer. That's 818-839-0534. Sorry we're stoned. You're very stoned. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, so when Tish smokes, like, first she gets really talkative, and it's really funny. Then she hits a point where she goes silent, and that's... (sighs) <laughs> That's where you're like, okay, it's time to hold hold off on that. Um following through with a promise we made last episode where we talked a little bit about Cyrus versus Cyrus and somebody had asked about some like kind of behind the scenes stories about filming that show and I mentioned that we just have s- so many stories we can probably tell if we really think about like take take ourselves back to filming. So I thought it would be good to like start with episode one if we can remember back that far and tell a behind the scenes story for making episode one of Cyrus versus Cyrus. Do you remember which house was our
2: episode one? Saint Pierre is Cyrus. Can we find out where you watch Cyrus versus Cyrus? You can. Uh, you oh, where do you oh, watch? I think it? it's well. You can. I've seen it. <laughs> yeah, but where? I think you can go on. I think it's still on. Is it under the Bravo app? You don't but,
0: even know. No,
2: but I have done that. I've like searched it and it's come up. Okay, hold on. I'm doing a quick goog. So but we're gonna start with wow. Saint Pierre. Yeah,
0: I was just gonna tell the people out there that maybe haven't seen Cyrus versus Cyrus, like, oh I don't yeah, to, like feel left out. So I was gonna tell all the peeps where you can watch it. Okay, mm-hmm. so you can go on Amazon Prime Video, and I think it's like $1.99 an episode. Don't worry, there's only six. Right? <laughs> six, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and also iTunes for $1.99 an episode, and YouTube. So whichever of those you prefer to watch things on, that's where you can find Cyrus versus Cyrus. It was on Bravo when we first filmed it, but this has been like a couple years ago. So in case
2: you want to go back and watch. Yes, and, and you know what? Darn it. What? <laughs> I'm just really proud of that show. Same. And, and you know what? I, you know, now design shows, like there are just so many, but what I loved about that show... And listen, I'm massively huge fan of HGTV. Like it's pretty much what I have on all the time. I watch it a lot. But what I do feel like is some of those episodes feel the same. Like a lot of the shows are the same. It feels the same. And I feel like there had never been, or I hadn't seen a design show that kind of mixed a little bit of reality with the actual design show and it just got to see us hanging out while we were putting stuff together and on our you know and it just felt it was just really truly who we were and I, I just loved that about it where it was just outside of the box of what you would think a normal design show was going to be
0: okay so yes it was a blast but it was also
2: very hard I mean oh my gosh I think it was just six weeks that's what six the shoot. freaking problem was is was like yeah. we only had one week to design it order it Get it in, the whole thing.
0: All the things. And so it was honestly the longest six weeks of our lives. We would start filming so early and we would film all day. And then instead of getting to go home and go to sleep, my mom and I would literally go back to the office and work on the designs for the next episode because we, we had some help for sure, but just not a ton. Like it, really there were so much on our own plates and, and we're, our
2: working control freaks. Yeah, <laughs> and, we,
0: and because like this has our name on it. Right. And it's our creativity. So obviously like we wanted to be the ones to do it and really deliver it. Right. Especially my mom. She was really, really neurotic about that, but it paid off because everything was so great, but it was. it was
2: exhausting and so and let's know. not to mention like then we would order things and they would okay. come in and they weren't assembled yeah and at two and three o'clock in the morning we're literally still assembling a dining table so it was literally like we barely slept at all and
0: and I like, think sometimes too we would order furniture that said it was going to come in and then it didn't that absolutely. happened a couple of times yes and it was very so then like the night before uh, shooting the reveal like we would be trying to track down a piece to put in its place that wasn't horrid you know what i mean so yeah it was stressful and as the weeks went like i think the tension between everybody got thicker just because everybody was exhausted and all that so i think storytelling about that show is great so episode one is saint pierre for those that have seen the series um It was Whitney and Steven. Steven. Whitney was the artist and they had this beautiful house in Green Hills, which is a suburb of Nashville. And their their house didn't need a ton. But the thing that I think my mom and I really brought to it was giving it a little bit of uniqueness. So we went in and we redid their living room and their kitchen. Thinking back to that episode, is there a story that people didn't get to see that comes to mind that you could tell? Uh, I have so
2: many.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Let it out, sister.
2: um, No, I just remember, so we bought, and the the annoying thing about TV is, is like, when I say we like put blood, sweat, and tears into that, because I was so crazed about it, really wanted it to look and be something I'm so proud of. So we did their little dining nook. It was just so good. Didn't even show it.
0: I know. Didn't
2: even show it. And the thing about that was is I bought a chandelier to go over the dining table. Mm-hmm. And, you know, as a designer, you really like need them to trust you that Steven and Whitney, like they knew what they wanted. They, they wanted to make the decisions. So when they, they peek, they were not supposed to peek in the garage because some of our stuff was in there and they peaked the night before. And it's exactly why we don't want them to peak because Stephen did not like this. It looked like a spaceship. And I was like, really? And the funniest part is, is I actually own that chandelier at my house here <laughs> in, in Hollywood. And I was like, oh really? I have that chandelier only in black in my own house. And he was like, well, I don't, do not like it. And like, I was so just like ticked because I just wanted it there so bad. And I'm like really scared to make a decision and it be the wrong one. But at the end of the day, I just knew it was so perfect for the space. And so I just was like, you know what? He's just going to have to trust me. And so I used it anyway. And so in the reveal, they didn't tell what he said because they didn't show that area, which was so awful. But he literally looked at me and he goes, you were right. It may be my favorite thing in the room. And I was like, yay like it was just like such a feeling that built my confidence a little bit because I'm not confident in decisions and I'm just not confident like that. Mm -hmm. And so to have made that decision and it like him being like, you were right. It's my favorite part of the house. It was great. Yeah. I didn't show that at all. There's just so much that they don't show
0: on television. I loved doing that house. I, it's funny. One of my memories is Do you remember that we put the fake spider in the corner and when you were over there trying to do something with the curtains, we like had it fall out so that we could film you freaking
2: out over the fake spider. But like, I literally thought I was going to have a stroke (laughs) and I was up on a ladder four feet in the air, literally (laughs) not playing around, like hanging curtains and it falls and a spider like falls on me. And I literally thought I was going to have a heart attack. It was no joke. And I was so mad. (laughs) And then it became a thing. And I think we put it in your car at one point too. At the end of that episode. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it still got me again. I think it did. But the spider, literally, it's a wonder I did not break my neck. The spider. The spider. (laughs) So good.
0: Your voice is sounding a little scratchy. Is that the weed talking? Probably. Doesn't it sound better like that? Oh, maybe.
2: I think my voice sounds way better like that.
0: (laughs) All right. Well. That was it's it's fun to go back and talk about doing that show because I think now we can probably go back and laugh at it a lot
2: more. And you guys did. can tell us if you really just don't care and we will never do this.
0: <laughs> we'll never do this again.
2: <laughs> but it is fun.
0: <laughs> oh lordy.
2: All
0: right, stoners, we want to give a quick shout out to one of our podcast sponsors. Here she freaking goes. Mother, we need to tell the stoners about mood. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
2: Just go to hellomood.com and use promo code SWS. That's hellomood.com code SWS for 20% off your order and a free THCA pre-roll. Cute. Well, should we do your favorite segment, Off Limits? Oh, yes, we should. Do you know that I have read... Not only Jar of Hearts. You are freaking welcome for that recommendation. And I also read her next book, Little Secrets, that just came out. Oh my goodness. It is so good. I mean, honestly, the only thing about the ending of Jar of Hearts, it was just a little predictable. Don't give it away for the people that haven't read it. But just that one last part to me was just too predictable. Okay. But there is nothing that I would change about Little Secrets. It is so, so good. So you have to go read that one. It's next on my list for sure. Yeah. It's amazing. So Jennifer Hiller is the author. And I mean, to me, both books were just absolutely amazing. If you like a little romance thriller, like it's just so good. So what, did you read anything or see anything? Uh, Okay, did you
0: ever watch the show Lost? Never. Oh my gosh, me neither. And it was like, it was a massive show back in the early 2000s is when it came out. Like It was huge. I'm on season two.
2: Oh my gosh, is it great? It's pretty good. And it's so funny
0: when the when they, you know, they're all like stranded on an island or whatever. And the main guy is supposed to be like hunky and a doctor. And he's like, I don't know, he's like the hot guy and whatever. And in the first season, I was like, he's not cute. And like, he's gotten so much cuter. And I'm like, this is what it must be like to be stranded on an island with people. They just keep, they get hotter because that's all there is.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's probably true. Yeah, but they're probably all tan and... No,
0: his hair's finally, his hair's growing out more and he's got some scrub because he's been on the island. And I'm like, you're starting to look
2: good, bro. Okay. Well, you know what I've started watching that I never watched that's an older show is Desperate Housewives. Never seen it. Never seen it. It is so funny. I mean, it is just so well done and just so comedic, even though you're dealing with murder in this one too. Um, just the way it is done is so incredible and just so funny, even though they're dealing with all these really kind of dark situations. Uh, but you should watch it. It is so good. And Eva Longoria, whoever the, like the costume designer was, is insane because just the clothing was so amazing. It, it You got to watch it. Isn't it crazy that we're at the point in quarantine where
0: we've watched so much, everything that's new, and now we've gone back to the things that came out forever ago? It's, uh, it's crazy. No, but that's where we're at. And I know. That's why we need more content. I know. <laughs> it, the Netflix needs to start rewarding us. We need more stuff.
2: I know. It's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, the, everything I'm watching is old. Okay. What's other segments?
0: The only other one I liked was Tish's Munchy Moment. Honestly? yeah i love this segment great what you mentioned on digital
2: do you know what i'm mentioning on actually oops i accidentally mentioned on it so you can't see it but i was eating a hershey's with almonds
0: how many of those do you go through a week (laughs) (laughs) because every time i (laughs) house they're everywhere
2: honestly this was your dad's thing and i would get so angry that he was eating so much chocolate and I would not eat it. And now there's like two bags of it here, like big bags of Hershey's chocolate. And I cannot stop. And I eat once Hershey's chocolate with almonds. And then I eat Hachu. And for some reason, I love these two together. Disgusting. I love it.
0: Okay, guys. Well, thanks for coming back for a second week. We hope you guys had fun hanging out with us and that Tish can make you laugh with her highness. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I
2: but like
0: that. Friends that have actually listened to this podcast said that by far their favorite part is when you forget the question because
2: you're so high. <laughs> I think that I haven't on this one. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it remembers even funnier. <laughs> Okay, well, can't wait till next
0: week. Next week, guys. And don't forget, um, make sure to give us a five-star review if you like the podcast and leave a review. Tell us how much you're loving it or if you hate it, like maybe just don't review because that, that would suck. But Or a four. We'll take a four. <laughs> oh, no, we will not. I strive prefer perfection, which is five stars. Okay, five. <laughs> Only. Maybe we'll start reading some of the reviews. I'm basically just ripping off my other podcast with every idea I have.
2: Great. Great. So, y'all you go- fans of that, just come on over. The color and stoners. Oh my gosh, that's so good. Bye,
0: stoners. <laughs> hey guys, we hope that you enjoyed listening to this episode, but we wanted to let y'all know that we actually recorded today's episode before all. Oh, of the rioting and protesting that is happening right now started and we really felt like it was important to add a little something to this episode, to acknowledge what's going on and to just tell you guys that we were were sad, we're frustrated, we're upset, we're speechless, we're a lot of things and we just felt like, you know, it was very important that we address that in
2: today's episode. Absolutely. I mean, as a mom watching the blatant murder of George Floyd was so hard. And I think with so many mothers, even though we know now that George's mom had passed away a few years ago, it makes me cry thinking about it, that his last words were crying out for his mom. Mm -hmm. And um, just like you said, so sad and so angry. And, you know, I just haven't even known really what to write, you know, on social media, because I feel like right now, I just have no words because of my sadness and my anger and my frustration. The one thing that I really hope, I just hope that we actually finally see change Because, you know, we have protested and there have been things that we've done and we haven't really seen change. And so I really pray that we see change. And I just think that one way for us to actually help create change is to use our platform to support and uplift all marginalized peoples. You know, for such a long time, our family has always been just really passionate about speaking up for the voiceless you know, Billy Ray's always been a part of helping with the Native American people and their their votes being counted. And just that's always been a huge passion of ours. And then there are so many people in this country that have been wrong and mistreated and abused. And it just seems to be so systemic. And I truly believe the one way to change the system is by shedding light on You know what's happening and by communicating with each other by supporting each other and really just spreading education and awareness i think we all need to be educated so
0: with all that being said you know we decided not to put an episode out last week um i think just you know to be respectful of the black lives matter movement and just to leave space for the continuing of the awareness and the education about what's going on with that. And people banded together to kind of, you know, make space for all of that. And we wanted to be a part of that. But this week we did want to give you guys a podcast and like, we love making you guys laugh and being, you know, a positive uplifting place for you guys to hang out every week. But we also feel like it's important to be a part of you know, educating ourselves and educating you guys. And for me, I I always feel like there's a struggle of like, well, what can I say that makes a difference? What can I do that makes a difference? I feel like my words fall flat sometimes. So I think it's better to open up my platform and my space to somebody whose words have more weight and to somebody that experiences stuff like this firsthand. So I think it's really cool that we're going to have my mom's friend on today.
2: So today I'm so happy to welcome my good friend, Anita Lucchese and um, she's a Cheyenne survivor of domestic and sexual violence. She also is just so amazing. She started something called the Sovereign Bodies Institute, and it's so crazy for me to think that this can be real, but it is the only independent research institute dedicated to researching and documenting the epidemic of missing and murdered Indigenous women in our country. And to date, Her institute has documented over 4,000 missing and murdered indigenous women, girls and two-spirit people across the United States. When I heard that, that there were no other people researching this topic, it blew my mind. So when I saw that Anita, on her Instagram, on the Sovereign Bodies Institute, that I would love for you guys to go follow on Instagram, yesterday, she had a live where it was talking about how the Sovereign Bodies Institute and the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women Movement, also how that intersects with the Black Lives Matter movement as well. And it's um, our understanding that the MMIW movement also has a complicated relationship with the police. And I feel like that feels like such a common denominator. So I can't wait to um, have Anita tell us more about that. So I'm super excited. Let's get Anita. Hi. Anita.
3: (laughs) I haven't seen you for a while. I know. It's been so long. How are you doing? (sighs) I'm
2: good. How are you? Hanging in there. (laughs) Also, this is my daughter, Brandy. You guys haven't met.
3: Hey. Hi, Brandy. Nice to meet you. You too.
2: I'm actually really excited. Honestly, I was just saying I'm completely blown away by you because I -hmm. think we could all learn a huge lesson about how one person can make a difference. And um, you really are the epitome of what people can do. And I was on Instagram and saw that you had posted with people to really talk about how that the Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women movement can also help with the Black Lives Matter movement. And for me, I think this is just really trying to even learn myself and educate myself because I, I don't feel like that I am or know exactly how to help. And so I was super excited about having you on and just kind of letting you talk and educate us on some of this stuff.
3: That sounds great. You're going to make me cry.
2: Well, <laughs> Thank I mean, you so much. You blew me away. You know, the one thing I think that I'd love for you to touch on is it seems like the big issue there is also police brutality. And then we even talk about the lack of on reservations. And that also seems the c- case with Black Lives Matter. And I think that's how these two really connect. And that's why I thought
3: it'd be really cool to have you on. I think a lot of people don't realize that many indigenous communities have. Quite a few folks who are Black or African American who married in. So, we have lots of multiracial families in any country. And so, it was really neat for this virtual discussion to have four really badass women who are both Black and Native to talk about their work and their experiences and kind of how they travel between those two spaces and build bridges. Ultimately, that's what we're trying to do with the webinar and also last year we launched a project about connecting the MMIW and Say Her Name movements because there are so many shared experiences between our communities and you know, in, in, in national discussions around missing and murdered women and girls, more generally, um, it, it's black women and girls and native women and girls that get left out and don't get the right media coverage and don't get advocated for in the same ways. So really, our movements can be stronger if we work together. And certainly, police brutality is something that ties us together as communities. And, you know, of course, it shouldn't be that way. But police brutality, high rates of incarceration and deaths in custody, those are things that both of our communities deal with. And, you know, I think it's notable that the officer that killed George Floyd had also killed a Native man. And so this is a a history of violence with this one individual officer and this department where they were targeting not just black people, but native people too. So I think it's a really important moment to start building that alliance in a better way.
2: Yeah. I was just also going to ask you like at this point, is this where we're actually seeing, I think that we are seeing some positivity and change right now because people are loud and people are making it uncomfortable. And like, I think that we really are, I'm hopeful for change. I I got excited. Like You know, I feel like the biggest thing in a lot of these rallies and protests are needing to be super organized and very intentional. Is this a time where this helps affect change for your community as well?
3: Yeah, I think there's definitely an opportunity for that. And I think Um, You know, one of the benefits is that Native people, we've been organizing, especially in urban spaces, for like 50 years at this point. So we do have some really strong veteran organizers. We do have some really strong communities that show up for our people. And we can build on that infrastructure to show up for our Black relatives, too. And to also share with them lessons that we've learned in organizing, how we can work together. And, of course, they have things to teach us. So I think there's a lot of potential in building that relationship in this moment. And I think especially the MMIW movement here in the U.S. has just kind of exploded in the last couple of years. We've had so many policymakers take on this issue um, on all levels that it's it's been pretty successful. And so hopefully that's a success that we can extend to our black relatives as well and and help them to advocate for their women and girls and and their people impacted by police brutality.
2: For people that actually like me that feel like they're confused about how to get involved because we really talked about too is like as important as voting is in November really it starts at our local level And Mm -hmm. if somebody wants to get involved and really educated at the local level, because I feel like that really is where we have to start to get to a place of change. Is there anything that you could say to help educate us on that?
3: I think there's so many different ways for people to get involved and you're absolutely right. It starts with local government and local leadership. Sheriffs are an elected position. Um, coroner's are an elected position. In most states, all you need to be a cor- to be a coroner is to have a GED. So it could be any of us. And as we've seen with George Floyd's investigation and the faulty autopsy he got initially, it's really important to have justice-minded people in those positions. So you know, I would encourage anybody who's listening think about stepping up for roles like that, or even you know, chief of city police is appointed by the mayor run for mayor. There's a lot of change that can be affected at that local level. And outside of kind of participating in politics in that way, I think there's also accountability measures to put in place at a local level. And even just creating a space where those impacted by police violence have a space to share their stories and to be heard and supported can make such a difference. I think as we've seen with the organizing in the last week or so is that there's so many people that have been affected by this for so many generations and so many years over time that it's all just kind of exploding at once. So if we create spaces to have more community dialogue for this, I think there's a lot of power that comes from it. And even our work at Sovereign Bodies Institute, we're doing a research project on missing and murdered Native women here in California. And we've started doing interviews with families, law enforcement, service providers, kind of anybody who might be tied to the issue. And one of the initial things that has become immediately clear, even just in the first couple interviews, is that almost every Native woman here has stories about sheriff's deputies that would come to the reservation to rape women and they're starting to share those stories more and more. And frankly, it's not just law enforcement officers. We're seeing abuse of power in schools, in healthcare facilities. I mean, I was pretty surprised in these interviews. They were naming names. They were, and it was the same names over and over again. So I think it's a really powerful moment to just break silence in general and to encourage our, our community members to do that with with our support
2: someone was just talking to me yesterday about multitudes of women now coming forward about being raped by police officers and I was in shock I mean that's where my head has been in the sand and I'm not educated and not like what like it blew my mind and so to hear you bring that up as well is just like Just, we just have to make a difference. We have to bring change. Like things have to change once and for all.
3: Yeah. Well, and I think so much of it just kind of, I don't know, people look the other way and now it's a time to stop doing that. I mean, we have an example here where there was a sheriff's deputy who was routinely raping women and girls on duty. Like he would arrest them and pull off on the side of the road and sexually assault them. And he was tried for it three different times. The first time was a mistrial, the second time he was convicted, and then the third time he was acquitted because the children victims couldn't handle the emotional stress of testifying a third time. And that man, like that was all over local newspapers. It was, you know, everybody knew about it. That man is now chairman of the local NRA and the Elks Club and owns a successful local business. So somehow he got splashed all over the papers as a child rapist And there was no accountability and he's still in local leadership. So I think those are examples of things where it's like, no, we can't, we can't turn the other cheek anymore. We can't just let it go. We can't trust the justice system to hold them accountable because they're not doing it. And it's time for us to start making the police really work for us.
2: Mm Absolutely.
3: Absolutely. I did see
0: that circulating around social media a few days ago. And I just think for those that haven't seen that, that's something like, like I, like Anita, you kind of said, like people kind of like to turn a blind eye and just like not really, you know, live in, you know, live in la la land and not really want to know like stuff like this, but it's important to know. And there's this, I'm reading the statistic right now that in 32 States, cops can legally have sex with someone in custody and Tennessee, what? I saw people post that. Yeah. How's that possible? So what I'm reading here, it says that the loophole is that there's no law that specifically prohibits police officers from having sex with someone in their custody. And it says, in fact, in 32 states, police can claim that a sexual encounter was consensual and avoid sexual assault charges. And it's kind of one of those things, like when it's the police against somebody in custody, like who are they going to believe? They're going to believe the police, you know what I mean? And that's such like a messed up thing. But it's just one of a million things where like, there has to be change and and like police need to be held accountable for stuff like this like there has to be a change in the system to where things like this don't happen and i just think the more like people share things like this that go unnoticed and you know for the most part people just don't know about it because it doesn't affect them but it's so important to know because it could affect you at any time
3: yeah well and that's really um that's how I got involved um, in this issue. That's how SBI was created. I'm I'm a survivor of trafficking and domestic violence. And when I was trafficked, I was solicited by police. They knew what was happening to me. And uh, I've had police, you know, deny us access to medical care. And they held an an, an ambulance two blocks down the street when my family member was having seizures. They've I mean, I've experienced police brutality. I have a friend who was murdered by police. It's, it's something that has really impacted um, my life. And even when I escaped my trafficker and, and I was hiding out in a random airport motel because I didn't know where else to go, he was on parole at the time. And, and his parole officer actually called me and said, hey, I know you left. Is there any chance you'll go back? We know that you're his source of income and he needs income stability right now so that he doesn't end up back in, in prison. And I mean, that's no, no law enforcement officer should ever tell a trafficking victim to go back to their trafficker or their abuser because they know that, that they're the source of income. So for me, that was kind of my own personal experience of police violence and feeling really frustrated with a system that not only doesn't protect me and doesn't look out for me, but is actively complicit in the violence that I experienced. And SBI came shortly after that. I escaped and I was inspired to create a database of missing and murdered native women and girls. And it just started as as a community effort. It wasn't tied to anything, wasn't funded. First couple hundred entries I wrote with a broken hand, because my hand was still broken for my abuser. And then for as as the database continued to grow, all of these different projects grew out of it. And a couple years later, that's when we launched Sovereign Bodies Institute as the new home for the database. So I think, you know, if there's anybody listening that's experienced violence like that, or even just wants to be an ally and a good relative for other people who've experienced it, one person can make a big difference. One person can lift up a whole bunch of other people. So, you know, now it's not just about me telling my story. It's about empowering other people to tell their stories, too. And now they're going out and affecting change in their communities. And it was as simple as sitting down and saying, I I don't accept that we don't know how many cases there are anymore. So I'm going to sit down and figure it out and being bullheaded and stubborn and deciding I'm not going to give up and I'm just going to keep doing it. So if anyone is is experiencing this moment in a profound way and feels like they really want to be involved or make a difference, but they're just one person, that's okay. Because, you know, a one person can do a lot. And especially if you start building relationships and alliances with, with other people who share those experiences, it, no matter what, it's going to be powerful. It's amazing. And you're right. Uh, You know, I really want to, uh, you know,
2: highlight other people on this podcast who are making change, you know, just one person. And there's so many, even in when I think that you can't actually you can. And so Thank you so much for coming on it It really too just gets me fired up again about you know us really bringing lot to this subject and making people look at what's going on and making people make a change with what's happening within the law enforcement agencies. It is so awful, so wrong that we would even have to for one second be afraid of somebody who's supposed to protect us it's just awful.
3: Thank you so much for having me on and for being willing to have a dialogue on, you know, what's a really tough subject. So thank you.
2: Well, I can't wait. Hope you're back in LA soon. So we can all hang out again. That would be so amazing.
3: I would love that. Okay. See you, Anita. All right. Take care. Stay safe, guys. Bye. Bye.
2: I love her. She's incredible. So, well, I really, this week was thinking about a song that your dad wrote. I think it was in 1993, and it really spoke to me now, and I feel it's like what a lot of people are feeling now, even though this was written and recorded so long ago, and it's called Enough is Enough, and Enough is Enough. There has to be change. There absolute has to be change. So instead of just ending this podcast, I really wanted to get your dad to play an acoustic version of this song in the memory of George Floyd and all those who have been killed so senselessly? And pray for change. So here is a song that my husband wrote along with Don Montrez in 1993 that I think really speaks to us today more than ever. It's called "Enough Is Enough."
1: One day they point to pearly wings and say that enough is enough. Enough tears have been shed. Enough hurt has been hidden. and Enough blood has been bled. Enough is enough, let it rain, love and trust Till a steel fist of rage has fallen into rust Enough is enough squirrelly third world government hammering tunes in the bones of the innocent. greedy little minds trading guns and bad medicine. Could be it's time for brother Abel to raise some cane. For we'll hold our dreams press in the palm of our hand. There come a day when we all will stand and say enough is enough. Enough tears have been shed. Enough hurt i
0: I'm Alana Dunn, and I'm the host of Seeing Other People. As an early hinge employee, a modern dater, and now a fiance, I know the dating world maybe a little too intimately. I'm here to make you feel less alone in your dating journey, whatever it may look like. Don't have a date for tonight? No problem. Whether you're looking for love or just want to laugh and commiserate with others, tune in to Seeing Other People as we explore the roller coaster that is the ever evolving world of dating.